Hey, it's Katrina. If you're curious about how a machine learning project might work in your organization, this is a special bonus conversation with data scientist Marcin Mizianti, VP Data Science for Alta ML. I had the chance to interview Marcin recently, and this conversation will make more sense if you listen to that episode first. You can find it and the rest of our season three miniseries at backtoschoolagain.ca. In this short bonus episode, I talk with Marcin about how machine learning might be used to solve a business problem for a fictional property management firm. This scenario was my final homework assignment for the Athabasca University Power Ed course, Machine Learning for Competitive Advantage. Enjoy. And the final project for this course involves using a tool called a machine learning canvas, which was developed by AltaML. And I'm guessing it might be very familiar to you, Marcin, but for our listeners, I'll just paint a picture of it. It's kind of like the business model canvas. So it's a one page plan whereby you answer a number of key questions that help you decide if you have a good business problem for a machine learning project. So I thought it would be interesting to talk through my homework with you because I don't often have a chance to sit down with a real life data scientist and get their opinion on my work. So this might be my only chance to do that. And I think it will also illustrate to our listeners how they can think about machine learning in their business. So what I'll do is I'll just briefly set up the scenario and then you can give me some feedback as to how you think I've done in thinking about the problem. Absolutely. Wonderful. So here's the scenario. So I thought about this from a perspective of a property management company that wants to predict maintenance issues before they occur. So they want to know how they can reduce the cost of major repairs in building systems. So this could be the roof going or the plumbing or some kind of a major challenge that they have in their business. So my problem essentially was how can we reduce the cost of major repairs in building systems by identifying problems before they become major issues? So I'll just pause there and see how you think I've done in defining the problem i think it's pretty good definition it's a down-to-earth problem that actually exists and i'm not the property manager so i I don't know what is the cause but that's part of that canvas the first step is to identify the problem but there's also the questions like is it big enough to to deal with but uh, i i like this definition okay so far so good So I've talked a bit about some of the examples, but just to list off a few more, it could be the HVAC, it could be the building envelope, there could be some pretty major problems here that have probably some significant ROI attached to them if we're able to solve this correctly. So the next step in the process is sort of identifying what do we do right now? And what happens right now is we're on a best practices maintenance schedule with all of our buildings. It's not exactly a perfect science, but we have our building managers who are contacted to assess the problems as they come up and also to do some preventative maintenance. But really the big win for us would be if we could get there just in time. So we're not spending a whole lot of extra money on maintenance that's unnecessary where we're doing too much maintenance, but we're also not letting it get to a state where the problem is such that we have a massive roof leak. So we're a a mid-sized company. We've been around for about 40 years. We've got 50 commercial buildings, 25 tenants per building, about two and a half million square feet of real estate. So really, this is a prediction that we're trying to solve. We want to understand the actual wear and tear on any given building system in order to intervene with proactive maintenance at the optimal moment. And we want to make sure that we repair the system right before it fails, but not so often that we are paying for unnecessary repairs to systems. What's your reaction to that? 
so far so good. I guess the question here would be, is regular maintenance cheaper than the major repairs? Mm -hmm. Because if it's not, then that wouldn't make sense. But in most applications I've seen, regular maintenance, it's, it's cheaper than actually replacing or, or doing repair. Also, there could be some extra cost when heating goes off during the winter. You want to avoid that, especially in Alberta. <laughs> right. No, those are really good points. And I think that's a good checking your ROI is, is the cost of solving something more or less than how we do it now. For the sake of this example, let's assume we agree that, yes, machine learning is probably going to save us lots of money if we can just figure it out so we can go through the rest of the example here. So one, one more question here yeah. is because I see 50 commercial buildings, mm -hmm. 25 tenants, how often major repairs happen? That's an important question, A, to know the scale of a problem, but also to know how much data we have Right. Yeah. And that was something I did identify a number of data sets that I believe we have access to. Um, and it and one of those would be looking at how often we've had a major failure, such as a roof leak, plumbing, building envelope failure, or any other kind of major event. Other things that I thought might be relevant could be the age of the building, the tenancy and occupancy, the building specs themselves. So are we talking about concrete structures or wood structures, the mechanical components in the building, usage and traffic patterns, certainly the service orders for maintenance that we've had over the 40 years that we've been around, and those repair records, which include the date, the cost and type of the repairs, any warranties for building components, insurance claims, and utilities. So those were things that I think our company would definitely have access to. And then you talked about augmenting your data, perhaps with more public data sets. And I thought it might be interesting to look at temperature and weather for the city where the building is located, if there has been any city repair work within a vicinity of the building to say roadways or sewers that might cause some challenges for our property, for example, the age of the city infrastructure connecting to the building. And maybe even um, this was an interesting one I thought about. Sometimes when you're building a, a building and you're in a boom time, it's hard to find labor. So anybody who can swing a hammer is involved in building your building. And sometimes that compromises the quality of your building. So I thought it'd be interesting to look at labor market data for the year of the building to see, did we construct this in a boom time? And maybe we didn't meet quality standards as much as we should have or, or not. So those were some other additional data sets I thought could be interesting to look at. Yeah, those are very interesting. Now, one of the problems is you have 50 buildings. How many events happen? Because you have to start thinking about how many samples, how many actually samples you have. If you have three events per year for a building, and we're talking about 10 years, then that would be 1500 events, right? That's not huge data, but maybe you can get some directionality but also when you have a multiple components that you're looking at, then all of a sudden your data is being divided into smaller groups like HVAC, then uh, only 200. And then your roof, oh, only 50 roofs, right? And how many times it actually leaked or that, that could be not enough data to deal with. Assuming there, there's enough data on the different components, how I would probably model it is through time series getting some information about every month potentially 
a lot of that information would be the same, like the age the building was built in, well, the year doesn't change, right? <laughs> but uh, you can convert it to how old is the building, and then all of a sudden every month it's different. And then you can annotate if certain event happened during that month, and then throwing all these time series, trying to predict the probability. And if there's enough data, you would probably see that there is probability keeps rising month to month, like uh, from the something brand new, nothing should happen. But then you would discover like, oh, this massive rain, maybe massive hail actually destroyed the roof. And then the probability of something breaking is increasing. And then a lot of the business rules would have to be built around what threshold to use and that probably some simulation to see on on your predictions when would be the good time machine learning is not perfect solution so it's all in the area of probabilities so what could happen here is like you have probability of 25 percent, but something actually happens well, you were not expecting that, so machine learning failed you? Not really. Like, yes, it did, but that's how it's designed. Like, it mm-hmm. will not give you the perfect answer. We are not at the level that you will be able to answer that. Maybe if you have all the data available, it would be possible, but you never do. So how it will work, it will look at all of this information that you have and as I said, probably good to maybe aggregate them over the month. So let's say uh, there is the heavy uh, road construction. So heavy machinery will be riding next to your home and causing a lot of vibrations. So that can destroy something. And so looking at that, you will see how, how much those factors actually impact the probabilities. It will kind of transfer those factors into, oh, that that's, five percent of risk and as the things age that also adds some some risk so my only worry is that if you're looking at so many different problems like all possible maintenance you may not have enough examples in the past that would actually tell you good enough data set to teach the model to find those patterns but assuming you do, then definitely that, that would be, I think, viable solution to, to check. It's still without running it and seeing the results and running some simulations uh, of how many of the major accidents we can detect like a month or two months before it's happening and then translating that to dollar value. So I, you've kind of confirmed what I suspected might be a problem, which is just having maybe enough examples. And so if this is a company that maybe had more 500 buildings in their portfolio versus 50, it's giving them more data sets. And maybe also I'm hearing you say, perhaps it's not looking at all maintenance problems, but we're going to look at roofing issues or we're going to look at plumbing or something to kind of make sure we have enough use cases to model for the specific incident or issue rather than trying to do a general purpose, all maintenance kind of. you, You could group them all together, but then your prediction would be, Yes, something will happen here. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and then, uh, but what? <laughs> it might not. Do we call the plumber or the roofer? We don't know. <laughs> you, you could approach it as two problems. One is to predict if something will happen. And the, the second model predicts what is the most likely thing to happen. That sometimes could be helpful, but it all depends like how much data there is to work with. Another, I don't know if the problem, but a lot of the data from a month, you may be collecting as a past information. Oh, this much 
electricity was used, this many tenants moved in. Uh, so you may be already too late to react. It would be better to look into future. Mm. But then your data, training data must be more around the prediction. If you have the prediction of the weather for the next month in that month, in the history, then by providing the new predictions, you can probably look into like how much the chance will increase in that future month. The problem is the prediction of the weather is becoming more accurate. So your historical data and the model trained on that data may expect you to provide this inaccurate prediction of the weather because it will be building the model based on that, but you're providing more accurate, so it may actually decrease in performance. Or maybe not. It, it's hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, there is a lot to consider when thinking about a machine learning project, and certainly that's why we need experts to be involved. But my experience in taking this course has been very useful just in starting to think about the ways that machine learning can be applied to solve real-world business problems. And I, I think that's something that many companies and many different industries can take advantage of. That's our show today. I hope you enjoyed it. You can reach me at backtoschoolagain.ca or at schoolagainpod on all the usual social channels. 